Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. So recently I did a YouTube video talking through the differences between leasehold property and freehold property and the advantages and disadvantages. I thought it'd be worthwhile sharing it with you here on the podcast because the content could help you in your property journey and save you from making a mistake. So let's go straight over to that now. Hope you enjoy it and I'll see you later. Leasehold versus freehold property. What's the difference? Should you invest in leasehold property? Should you invest in freehold property? Or does it matter if you invest in both? Well, let's break it down right now. So let's look at freehold property first. What does it mean? Well, when you buy a freehold property, what it means is you are not just buying the house, you're also buying the land that the house is built on. Are you buying the land plus the property that it's built on? So freehold property is everything. The minute you complete the purchase, if it's just a piece of land, you own the land. If it's a block of apartments on the land, you own the block of apartments on that land. If it's a terraced house, you own the terraced house. So you own the land, you own the house, you own everything forever. Until the point you sell it in the future, nobody can take that off you, it is yours. So I know I said it is yours if it's freehold, but obviously for some people watching this, if you have got a mortgage, so long as you pay that mortgage, nobody can take it off you. But if you have a freehold property on a mortgage and you don't pay the mortgage, no matter what type of property, freehold, leasehold, anything, if you don't pay the mortgage, the bank could take that property off you. So so long as that mortgage is paid, a freehold property is yours. Now, Many people think it's theirs if they don't pay the mortgage. Well, let's be very clear. Anything you have, when a lender lends you money on it, they take what's called a first charge, a first charge security. And that means that if you do not keep up with the payments, they have the ultimate control. So they can repossess you, take that property, and sell it to get their money back. Anything above what they get for their money would go to you. They could be taken off you, but that is the only way a freehold property can be taken off you. So if you have a freehold property for generations, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, it is in your family, it is yours, unless you choose to sell it, unless you choose to not pay the mortgage on it, and the lender takes it off you, you have that property for generations to come. So let's look at leasehold property. With a leasehold property, somebody else owns the freehold. Somebody else owns the ground. You have a lease on that property. So the title deed of the leasehold is in your name. This is really interesting. It's not like a tenant. It's not like you rent. So when you rent, you're a tenant, you have to leave. With a leasehold property, you sign what's called an underlease. So a lease of a property from the freeholder for maybe 99 years, 125 years, or possibly even 900 plus years. And when you sign that lease, whatever number of years is listed on that lease, that's the period of time that you can have that property. You can still go to a bank and get a mortgage to buy a leasehold property, 
but you don't own the ground and you're on a ticking time bomb where that lease will drop in years and it will eventually run out. Now you can do what's called a lease extension, but there is a cost to that. Talk a bit more about that as well. So let's look at some of the costs of, be, of taking on a leasehold property. Number one, you have a mortgage just like a freehold. Number two though, you have to pay service charges. So leasehold properties are typically blocks of flats. Now when I say typically, in the north of England, in places like Newcastle, Manchester, quite across the, a lot of the north of England, you can get leasehold terraced houses. The service charges are zero, the ground rent is pennies, but they are still leasehold, and typically they're written in for 900 plus years. However, the leasehold we're mainly talking about today and I wanna focus on is leasehold on blocks of flats where a developer would build a block of flats. The freehold would be either kept by the developer or sold to a investor who buys the freehold. And then that property is run by a management company. So it's passed over to a management company who takes care of making sure that it's painted in on the communal areas, make sure that the bins are taken out and make sure maintenance is done. Now the leaseholder owns the block, the section inside the door of their apartment. This communal areas, the windows, the structure, the roof, the ground, that's all controlled by the freeholder. The freeholder puts that management company in to look after and take care of the complex, make sure the gardens are done, make sure it's all clean and tidy. And they charge a service charge for that service. Now those service charges could typically be anything from a thousand pound a year to three, four thousand pound a year. And if to really expensive um, Hyde Park type properties, you could be into thousands and thousands of pounds a year but you get what you pay for in terms of that service. There's also the ground rent, to rent the ground within the building. And the ground rent is typically a few hundred quid a year. Now, both of those charges a freeholder does not have. Why? Well, a freeholder, they own their own ground. They own the gardens, they own the roofs, etc. So they do their own repairs, they do their own maintenance. The service charges that you pay for is to everybody in that block that is a leaseholder of that block, they have to put that service charge money in to pay for the window cleaning, the gardening, and all the work that needs to be done, any repairs to the roof. However, if the costs of that work on your standard service charges if that does not cover everything, let's say the lift breaks down, or there's a um, water ingress into the underground car park, or um, there's roof repairs to be done, or any cladding issues, or any problems with the building, then you could be issued with notice to pay additional service charges. If there's a problem in somebody else's apartment, as a leaseholder, you are expected to pay towards that problem if it's not internal of the apartment, but I'm talking about the exterior of the apartment, so the, the external walls. Painting, decorating, carpeting, etc. to your property is your responsibility. Everything on the exterior, the corridors, the front elevations, back elevations, roofs, etc. That is a joint responsibility. Cameras, 
you name it, if it's external, it's a joint responsibility and you could see a bill coming your way that you might not have expected to help pay towards the maintenance and upkeep of that entire block of apartments, even though you bought one within that complex that you have no issue with. You are still responsible for part of that bill. So when you buy a leasehold property, make sure you know what you are buying. Now I'm not saying it's good or bad to buy leasehold over freehold. Many people can make a lot of money on leasehold properties. There's actually a really creative strategy to make money on leasehold properties where you would extend short leases because there comes another problem. Short leases on a leasehold property. So let me give you an example. If you took a property on and purchased it as a leasehold flat with a 125 year lease 50 years ago, today that property would have 75 years left on the lease. Now once it goes below 80 years, it is a difficult to mortgage and difficult to insure but mainly difficult to mortgage because the mortgage lender, they'd see that there's only 80 odd years left and there's a risk to their investment. Once the leasehold property goes below 80 years, it starts to devalue, it starts to reduce in price and the lease extension fees start to increase significantly. So example, I looked at one recently a 56 year lease on a property, so 56 years of left on that property in London, the lease extension fees is over 60,000 pounds just to bring it back up to 125 years. So this can be a significant bill. Now, if it's below 80 years and you wanna sell, you cannot get a mortgage as a buyer on that property. If you buy a leasehold property and it's unmortgageable, you are not allowed to extend the lease for two years. So you need to own it for two years before you can pay for that lease extension fee. So what that means is a lot of people with short leases, they are forced into selling to cash buyers. The cash buyer wants to buy on the cheap, and when the cash buyer buys on the cheap, the owner of the property loses out significantly. So number one, it's devalued because they've run their lease down. Number two is the buyer is likely gonna be an investor with cash who wants a even bigger discount. Then that investor though has to think about the fact that they're gonna to have to leave their money tied in for over two years before they can extend that lease. Two further years means an even higher lease extension fee because there's less time left on that lease. Now there is a creative way around that. You could get the owner of the property to apply for the lease extension before the purchase. You could pay for the lease extension, but simultaneously purchase and pay for the lease extension at the same time. So you use what's called, a, it's a no money down investment technique, an exchange with delayed completion or an option agreement subject to lease extension. You'd have to pay for both, but that would allow you to not have to wait two years. It would allow you to make that property mortgageable and to be able to put it straight onto a mortgage. That's just one big advantage of making money on a short lease property. However, when you've got freehold property, you don't need to worry about any of this because you own it forever. It's always gonna be mortgageable. It's always going to be yours and you don't have any massive, massive payout just to extend the lease. You also don't have any massive payout to deal with the, a neighboring property's external issue because it is not your responsibility with freehold. What is your responsibility is the roof. So example on leasehold, if the roof of you're at the top floor apartment and there's a problem with the roof, all the apartment owners have to pay towards that fixing that problem. 
If you've got a freehold problem, property and there's a problem with the roof, you're paying for that problem. However, the benefits far outweigh, in my opinion, owning freehold property because it is always yours. But leasehold, not as good as freehold, but can you make money? Absolutely yes. When you know what you're doing, you can make money on both. Be very careful as well when you're buying leasehold property that you look at an agent or a sourcer or somebody selling you it and they tell you what the yield is. So yield is rental income, okay, rental income divided by your purchase price and your costs. So uh, stamp duty, refurb costs, whatever it may be, should all be included in yield, to be honest, although most people don't. One other thing to be very aware of with leasehold property is when you're working out your profits, quite often an estate agent, a letting agent, a sourcer will tell you that the profit is X when actually it's significantly less. You need to be the expert. You need to know what your profit is. What they tell you is, well, the, the rent is 600 quid for this property and the mortgage is 300. So there's 300 profit. But what they've left out that you as a professional should be aware of is the service charges and ground rent. You see, if the mortgage is 300 quid and the service charges and ground rent are 150 quid, well, actually, it's costing you 450 every month. The rent is 600. That makes you 150, not 300. Your profit has just been halved because you didn't think about service charges and ground rent. See, as an investor, when you rent a house out, the tenant pays the rent, the investor pays the service charges and the ground rent and pays the mortgage. So be very careful of leasehold property where you do your numbers wrong because you didn't calculate into your figures service charges and ground rent and the risk that those service charges could go up. And be very careful out there right now as well. Since Grinfell Tower, when it burnt down, there was an assessment by the government on all blocks of flats over five stories for what's called an EWS1 certificate, a safety certificate. Many of these blocks of flats failed their safety assessment, making them unmortgageable and unsafe. What's happened is the service charges have gone hugely through the roof to pay for things like a waking watch. A waking watch is because the fire alarm system won't work properly in these buildings, because the fires could spread quickly. Somebody has to stay awake all night to inform people in the building that there's a fire to get them out. So a qualified waking watch person who stays awake to watch while you sleep, and the cost of that is astronomical. I've seen a lot of people have service charges that went from a thousand pound a year to around four grand a year just because of an EWS1 certificate problem. So there's a lot of stuff you gotta think about on leasehold property. Just to be clear, I'm not saying you cannot make money on leasehold. Which would I prefer? Freehold, absolutely all day long over leasehold. However, there is some very creative ways to make money on leasehold properties where you can take the problem somebody else has, such as the short lease or the failed EWS1 certificate, taking that opportunity and making some money from the situation and helping them at the same time. This is all about getting creative around how you do property. There's loads of ways to make money. If you wanna know more about how you can make money creatively on property, I've written a completely free report. You can download it right now. It's in the pinned comments and it's in the description. It can help you get started in property and get you thinking about how you can make money in any marketplace. One person's problem is your opportunity. The problem, you did not cause it, but you certainly can help them through it. So go download that report, get started on your property journey right now. Massive, massive, massive opportunities out there because there is hundreds of thousands of properties in the UK on short leases that the owner is trapped in their own home 
and you can help them move on with their lives understanding creative no money down property investment techniques. So there was my breakdown on the Progressive Property YouTube channel about leasehold property versus free, freehold property. I hope you've enjoyed it, enjoyed the content. Remember, if you want, have not yet subscribed to the podcast, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We're out every single Tuesday, so make sure you've subscribed and not miss future content. I've been Kevin McDonald. you've been amazing, and I'll see you next week.